127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. And we hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what to do, Dusty Baker crew? Wow. <laughs> Probably about ten percent of the people know what I'm talking about. Hey, I, I like Dusty Baker. He gone. He gone. <laughs> he gone. Yeah, Lee, you just brought him straight into the I podcast. Know. Subpar playoff management this year. Hey, all Will, years. William said he likes Dusty Baker. William, William Taylor. Who? Yes, William Taylor was like, "Hey, he's you he want us a ring? Only not that many people could do I think that." Him and William were probably born in the same year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, William sixty eight, I believe Dusty was sixty eight. So wow, that's why. That's impressive. Yeah. Crib mates. Yeah. Well, here's my thing. He's very successful in the playoffs, but cannot pull together a World Series championship. I mean, it's just it took hard. Him a long time. It's hard when you're going yeah. against Bruce Bochy. Just to say the least. I mean, and that's not even a, like our, that's not even Rangers bias. Just Bochy's never lost in the in the championship series, so he almost did. He almost did. <laughs> it was close. It was very close. <laughs> How are we feeling today? We we in a construction zone currently. Yeah, we're in a, we're in like first time to record in this room. Yeah, probably tall, not tall probably ceilings not again. Yeah, well, not as bad. It's not as echoey right now. Yeah. yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, let us know. Do you think it sounds better right now? Check, check, mic check. Yeah. I a feel little like echo, the, little echo happening. Yeah. The verb sounds better. <laughs> the natural <laughs> verb in here. What's what's verb, Caleb? Uh, a verb is a is an action. The the verb that you were just describing. The verb sounds better. I don't better. know, but it's reverb. I don't know what that ex- exactly means, okay. but it sounds better. You got the word. Reverberation. You know what reverberation means? It's like how the sound bounces off the walls, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 See? Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. It's how bats hear. Mm. <laughs> that echo look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How are you doing, Zach? How am I doing? Today's just been weird. I don't know. I can't get a grip on it. I've been trying to snap out of it. It's just trying to rain. You know? And we just need it to rain. Yeah. And it's just holding off. Yeah. It's I, a- need it, I need it to rain before tonight as well. <laughs> How come? <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I need it to rain before tonight. <laughs> it's Thursday night. Yeah. Which means? Well, not Thursday night yet, but tonight will be Thursday night. Okay. Which means? There's staff softball against the number two team in the league. Oh, yeah. I, I just don't think I'm there. Is this y'all's last game yet? Should be yes. It's yeah. our last game, and then next week's playoffs. So I don't know what they're going to do about this game if it gets rained out. So y'all still y'all have two wins. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. And I saw both of them live, which is nice. Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. I was there. Thank they were you. great victories. Thank you. Um, but you don't think you're going to win tonight? Uh, well, see, the team that is in first, we lost by one when we had our full team. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that was a fluke. Uh, the team, <laughs> the okay. team that we are playing tonight hasn't lost from from my knowledge, and I will be able to tell whether or not we're going to win when I see the lineup. Yeah. So um, your I lineup, not theirs. You know, like prophetic. Yes. Just look at names yes. and be like, yes. it's dingers. <laughs> like, yes. That's all he does. Yes. Yep. So I, I don't think so. My gut always leads me to believe we're going to lose. <laughs> so so that I'm that's good. So that I'm pleasantly surprised when we don't. Okay. Never right. set yourself up for disappointment. But here, here's the thing, though. So when we get to the playoffs, we're most likely going to face a team that has one win. Yeah, like that's just how it's going to roll. Because the first yeah, like top four top teams four have a buy. So like five plays dwellers. twelve. So yeah, six plays eleven, seven plays ten, eight plays nine, and I think we were the eighth, eighth seed or the seventh seed, depending yeah. on. That's how a soft are. league. It's like you are the seventh seed with two wins. Yep. So this is like playing basketball, <laughs> basketball in the <laughs> well, east. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you think about like 
if there's if there's four teams that are undefeated, then there's got to be four teams that are, you know, not very good. Defeated. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> four yeah. teams that just got whooped. Yeah, we were defeated. Um, so, yeah. you know, right. thankfully there's no relegation league. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, very Because y'all are in the bottom, right? You can't get, like, pushed farther down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, y'all are in, the, like, y'all are in, like, the bottom dweller league. Yeah. Which, or the beginner. Like, uh, bottom dweller sounds good. Yeah. Cool. This and is your first year. Yeah. yeah. And okay. you know what happens yeah. when you don't do in, in a good year? You sign some free agents. Yeah. Um, you, <laughs> you, you spend spend half a billion. You spend half a billion. You add some draft picks. Yeah. Get a, ma- get a manager. You get a new manager. Oh, a winning manager. A winning. That's not, very true. Not a rookie manager. I mean, that's how baseball go, though. So, you know. We'll yeah. see. We'll see next year. We'll see uh, what our odds are. I don't want to keep talking baseball, but the Red Sox just hired a genius. Who'd they hire? Smartest right. man in baseball. Who? Their new Jeff director of no, the former pitcher that uh Greg Maddox? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, keep, I don't think Greg is, is that Smoltz. smart. Just yeah, I just keep naming names. Who's that? Josh Bucket? What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> Beckett? Yeah, Beckett. Josh Josh Beckett. Former, Beckett. former pitcher, Cole Hammonds. Josh Bucket. David Price. I can't remember his name. Josh, Josh Bucket. I can't remember his name. Josh Beckett. 2013. 2013, like, killer in the World Series. Craig Breslow. So he graduated from Yale. Oh, I didn't Bros. even know. He, he, worked, he works... Currently, well, not anymore. He worked for the Cubs, and he was he was assistant GM, but director of pitching. Mm-hmm. And so the Cubs went from like bottom dweller pitching staff to I think they were like third or fourth best in the league this year, um, and still got clogged. Where else? Marcus Stroman, uh, but like super well respected guy. Mm-hmm. Which they, I mean, the Red Sox hire respected guys and smart guys, and so I always like, well, what is he going to do? Yeah. You don't sign. You don't sign Shohei. Then I'm gonna go and buy my Shohei Red Sox jer- jersey. The Red Sox are gonna go up from like 78 wins this year to like 82 next year. Yeah, just because of that, and that's and we'll make the playoffs because our stupid division. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. They didn't perform very well in the playoffs this year. But. I, who didn't? Our division. Our yeah. division hasn't performed well in the last like three playoffs. I told you yeah. that the Red, the not the Red Sox, the Blue Jays are gonna be significantly worse next year, and I'm gonna stand by it. Mm. Stand so. by it. Yeah, who knows? Okay. Just gotta have faith, dude. <laughs> yeah, gotta have faith. Gotta exactly. work really hard. The Blue Jays, they didn't really work very hard yeah. in the in the playoffs. They got worked. Neither, neither did the Orioles. Neither did the Orioles or the Rays. That you know, their work wasn't really mm-hmm. present. Yeah, <laughs> the Astros had faith, but didn't work very hard. You know, they did a little work. They had like two or three guys that worked pretty hard, but Kyle Tucker said, "I'll have faith in my team, <laughs> and I'll give up on on all this." Over oh, a lot. Gosh, yeah. I don't even know if you batted over what is What is faith even? <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking the question today? I like it. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Hebrews 11. Mm. <laughs> uh, by faith. Uh, yeah. If you couldn't guess today, we're talking about faith and works and the uh, inner workings of them together. Obviously, I think each of these could be their own separate episode, uh, but they're very intertwined. And so... Um, I guess just to start off, like, what is this topic when we, when we say faith and works? What are we implying, and why is it so important that we discuss this? Well, first, I think that when we say faith and works together, we imply that they're kind of two separate things. Mm-hmm. That like faith is here, and then works are here. Um, that like you believe some things, and then that you do certain things. <laughs> and I think we have to first um, break down the distinction that they're not always so. Uh, distinct in the Bible. A lot of times they're mentioned together and they're described together that, that one is a product of the other. 
hmm. that works as a product of faith. So I think that's kind of the first thing we have to notice that they're not always two separate ideas, two separate things. Okay. Hitting the ground running. Yeah. So not always two separate things. Um, I mean, I, I guess you just need to attack faith really quick. That's a weird way to say that. We got to address <laughs> faith really quick. We got to, got to handle, how to work. Got to, got to do, do the hard work of understanding faith. Yeah. yeah. Um, because uh, the entirety of scripture is going to loudly declare that our salvation is by grace through, through faith. faith. Not a gift of, or not a result of your works. 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 And so, so that no one that no one can boast. Boast. Um, so like just stand there. Let that be our foundation as, as we run forward. And you understand that if you break down that verse, if you want to do the, the hard work of exegesis of that verse, then you know that it is a gift of God. Both your faith is a gift of God and the grace is a gift of God. Those both come alive by uh, the handiwork of the spirit um, in your life. And so we're just going to say, Hey, that, that the result, our salvation is the result of Jesus's works that has brought about a saving faith um, in us. And so uh, that's where we stand, but saving faith, right? Authentic. We'll go that way. Authentic saving faith um, pushes you to do something. Mm. Um, and so fruit fruit we'll say fruit yeah. um saving faith produces fruit that's good yeah i think just another like we're probably going to go here several times today but hebrews 11 kind of just it's the hall of faith chapter in the bible and it describes people in the old testament who had faith and we get to see just what faith even really is and so um, in hebrews 11 verse 7 it says by faith noah being warned by god concerning events as yet unseen in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Um, verse 8, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. Um, by faith he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Um, 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son. And so those are just several examples showing you that faith like John said, produces a right act in obedience. But you have to realize that water. <laughs> before that, there's always this, this promise that they're holding on to. That's faith, that they've been, been told or promised something by God, and they're waiting in expectancy to receive it. So I think even in that essence of uh, how is our faith in salvation like that, we are waiting and we're trusting that God is going to grant us salvation at the last day through our faith. But again, notice that it always produces that, that work. Abraham, by his faith, offered up his son. By faith, Noah constructed the ark. Hmm. So they're not, they're not separate. Yeah. What is kind of the, I guess, discrepancy then? Because I think a lot of people, um, like when you guys explain this, it makes sense. Uh, but this is obviously a big topic, I think, in the Christian circle, like faith and works and how do they interweave with one another? Obviously, you said faith then leads to works, but why is this such like a big topic and I don't know, like, it just seems like that people talk about this a lot, but it seems very simple as you guys explain it. Yeah, sure. I mean, culture affects that, uh, in a lot of ways. I think that's why I may be going in a weird direction to get this. Um, but, but I think that's why, uh, a more, uh, like a Muslim religion, um, Eastern religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, things like that. Um, it's much more difficult for them to get to 
like this part because their, their belief system is wrapped up in works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so for us to present to them something that's not that, uh, and, and we maybe to a fault present it to them as like, don't like you can't, and they don't understand that. Mm. Um, they don't understand, uh, something so great, not changing how they function. Um, and, but we just approach it like, Hey, it's nothing that you can do. It's nothing that you will do. This is what God has done for you through his son, Jesus Christ. And we're presenting the gospel that way. And rightly so mm-hmm. that that's true, but, but that doesn't click. And so in our culture, um, that, that is probably where this comes from a little bit, because we can say, we can say saving faith or we can say, when we say faith in podcast room connected to a church, um, <laughs> when we talk about faith, we go, like, like this is a faith that not only knows and understands and comprehends the facts about the gospel, but we also trust in that we trust mm-hmm. in the person of Jesus and yeah. him alone for our salvation. And so that trust is an act that, that like, and it's not just a, I trusted in Jesus, mm-hmm. um, or when did, you know, it's like, uh, what's the question when you were like, Hey, tell me your, your testimony. When were you saved? And the cheat code to that is I'm saved every day. Like I'm trusting him every day. I'm reminding myself of the gospel every day. That's how we think about this. So our saving faith is not only we have a foundational understanding of the gospel, but we function in a way that we're trusting in Jesus every day alone for our salvation. Um, You could go the other way and go, here's the danger for that. Uh, What is that? James, uh, James 2, 18, 19, um, where he's talking about faith and works. And, and the, the response, like, show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith with works in verse 19. You believe that God is one good. Even the demons believe that. Mm. And so he's saying, even the demons have faith, but what does their faith push them to? And they shudder and they're scared. So their knowledge of God isn't saving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's the, it's damning. It's condemning. Mm. And so when we, when you just function, this is why it's an important conversation. When you just function in the idea or the knowledge of the gospel without allowing it to push you into transformation of trusting in Jesus daily, then you're in demon category. Mm, Yeah. They have a deep knowledge of this and they're scared of it versus a deep knowledge of this that brings about joy, brings about movement, brings about action, uh, worship drives mission. So what I want to say, and so your theology, uh, drives your doxology, um, is the big boy way to say that. Um, and so that, that's the thing I think we struggle with in America, Mm. uh, is that connecting those two things together. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I think also too, just like you mentioned early that, if you look at Islam or you look at Buddhism, or you look at Hinduism, a lot of those, again, they're trying to, those religions are earning their way to God. That's, that's their idea that, that if I live this good enough life, that I'm a moral enough person, then God will accept me or that I will appease God's wrath. And I think a lot of times even uh, well-meaning believers can think that that's, that's how they function in their relationship with God. Um, is that they, they think that the grace applies to salvation and then they still have to try to appease God's wrath with their works. You know, a lot of people would, uh, well-meaning Christians would even think that that's what the old Testament is about. They think that, that they had to make these sacrifices to appease God's wrath. And yet the point of these sacrifices, again, the point of our works is so that we would glorify God with our lives, not so that we would appease his wrath. The wrath has already been poured out on Christ at the point of his death. And so I think we just have to get in the right headspace that again, we're not our, our righteous deeds or our works are not done 
so that God will approve, approve of us, but it's, it's because he's approved of us. Yeah. So I think we just have to understand again that, that faith is always the precursor. Yeah. That works are always, again, the result of genuine saving faith, like he said. You know, James 2, he talks about that. Um, you see that faith was active along with, with his works, and faith was completed by his works. In other words, again, a faith isn't really made complete until we see the works produced in that faith. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've, I've heard it said that, that our works... Um, they not they don't earn your salvation, but they also don't maintain your salvation. And so I think that's a trap that a lot of Christians fall into is yeah. yeah. I have faith, God saves me, and then my works are going to what keeps me um in right relationship with God. But that's that's completely false. Um and something I think we have to just rework in our minds that it's faith that continues to sustain us. Um and then that produces, like you were saying, these these good works, these fruitful works um that ultimately point to to God and his sovereignty and his holiness. So I guess just kind of practically, when we say that that faith drives our works, what does that really mean? Um, how would someone um, have faith that then produces these good works? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to just go back to that verse he mentioned of Ephesians 2, you're saved by grace through faith. And so we, we have to see that grace is what drives us through faith. And so in our in our works and our good deeds, we are driven by the grace of God to do these good things through the faith that he's going to help us, that he's going to help us to, um, to, to do them, help us that, that they are really righteous deeds. And he's going to, you know, be faithful to us in those righteous deeds. And so I think we just have to drive it all the way back to grace that, that we're trusting and believing that the grace of God is going to supply us with the willpower and then the resource to do what is right. Does that answer your question? S- sort of, yeah. I guess, I guess just like 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 someone is wrestling with, um, I don't know if my works are coming from a selfish heart or from my faith in God um, that he's instilled within me. And so what? how do we get to a spot of knowing that our works are coming from a place of faith and not of sin or selfishness or trying to, to please God? Yeah hard, maybe a hard question, maybe not, because I kind of want to release that. Um, One of the common graces that God has given everyone is like a conscience that convicts. Mm. And and so we, I've talked about this with a couple people uh, throughout this week, even in in random places, like babies know when they sin. That's a weird way to say that. Toddlers (laughs) know when they sin. Babies maybe do too. But toddlers, like they hide stuff. They You'll know this when you have kids one day, like if, if, when Finn and Kai would go out, if, if Finn did something wrong to Kyler at like three years old, he would hide from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he had a conscious understanding of wrongdoing, um, in, in his life. And, and so like in that there is a, there's just a common grace that God has given us to know, um, like what are good works and what are bad works. And so when I, when I, when somebody asks me the selfish motive question, like, why am I working this way? does it make you feel good or does it make you feel bad? Mm. And if the thing that you're doing maybe makes you feel good, I understand like being humble and not wanting to feel selfish about your works, but I would also probably argue and hopefully win the fact that, that what you just did probably honored God in some way, Mm. even if you gain some sort of selfish satisfaction from that, uh, I think that is a gift of God that when you work really, really hard, you are satisfied. 
That's, that's creation side note. Like yeah. for six days you work for the seventh day you rest, not because you did something really good, but because the work was complete yeah. and in rest is when you, uh, can find a unique, like refilling of joy. Um, like all of that's a gift for you to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay to every so often go, Hey, like selfishly, I'm feeling a little bit selfish about this, but I also know that this probably honors God. So I'm going to do it. Even if I'm questioning my motives, that, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. The other side of that though, just bring clarity on, on why we really work. Uh, James two seventeen, faith without works is dead. And, and so like you, you, there, you are going to do things in your life. Um, James two twenty six, a body without, without breath, without action, without life, without movement is dead. I mean, it, it, the, he says like, uh, it basically it's like, Hey, your body is without breath if you're not doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you can keep going through all of these. And so if, if, if there's any, if there's any kind of thing that justifies your faith, it is your work. Mm. That, that's the, that's the formula that we've been given in scripture. And, and so know that any good that comes from you is a result of your faith being put on display through fruit, through your work. And so, I mean, I mean, he says it like, I will show you my faith by what I do. Mm. Yeah. And, and you have to kind of be okay with that. Yeah. Um, leaders, that's a little bit difficult because it can lead to arrogancy. It can lead to pride. It can lead to a, a lot of things when people are just looking at you. Sure. Um, which is why we rely on God more when we're in preparation for, and, um, just doing the things that we do, especially maybe in ministry, but in leadership, I'm going to go that route because uh, we have a lot of students in our ministry. They're just leaders that, that aren't going to be full-time pastors, thankfully, because we have enough. Um, that's not true at all. Like I, I want people to rise up into, into that calling, but more so 98% of the people that we deal with are, are marketplace mm-hmm. ministers, marketplace pastors. And so engineers. Uh, we want to see them living out their faith in their works out in public where people can see and be encouraged um, by those things. And, and that's what, that's what Paul says in Galatians, uh, Galatians five, six in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts as anything, but only faith working through love. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he puts action to his faith. Like yeah, yeah. nothing counts except for that. Uh, and so we want our people just to be functioning in that way and get I aggressively want to say like, Hey, get over that. Mm-hmm. Like if you're doing things that you know are good things, who cares about your motives? Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul puts that on display all throughout Philippians. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they have false motives, but the gospel still preach, great. Praise God, yeah. <laughs> like that's the that's the, the challenge. Like preach. God, God still uses that. Yeah. And so yeah. why not check your motives at the door and be like, I'm just going. Like I'm going to go. I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep serving. If I feel good about it, great. If I feel bad about it at the end. Hopefully, he was honored. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think just a practical thing for me. When I'm when I'm doing right things that I know are, are righteous deeds, and I'm wondering, you know, am, am I doing this just to uh, please myself or to please God? I have to again. Just we've been referencing James too, but I want you to notice that the faith without work section is directly after James criticizes the the rich for basically abusing the poor, and so we in in, in our good works, a good gauge to just check whether or not we're doing these to please God or to appease God uh, or to appease our flesh is I think just this, this idea of have my good works affected other people because you know, there's a quote, I forget who says it, but God doesn't need our good works. Other people do. And so I think that when you have, have done something righteous 
and you're wondering, man, was, was that with the right motives? You can say, well, well, did it, did it work for the good of other people? Because if, if, if your motive going in was, I want to do this thing so that other people will be blessed, then that's a godly motive. And so I think really just check your heart is, is, is my reasoning for do this, doing this good thing because I want to feel good because I, I want other people to look at me and say, wow, that's a good person. Mm. Then, then that's a wrong motive. Yeah. And so mm. I get, again, your, your motive going in needs to be, I want to bless other people and I want to be obedient to God. Those mm. are the two good motives in your good works. Because again, um, if, if, if our good works are resulting from faith, then it will be to bless God and to bless others. Yeah. Faith, faith in God is not never meant to, to be self-exaltation, self-promotion. Hmm. I think even within that too, as you, as you serve and produce these good works, even in selfishness, the Lord's going to tear down that idol so hmm. fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And ultimately at the end of the day, it's going to bring glory to his name. And so even as um, John was saying, like, just serve, even if maybe there's some sinful motives in it, as long as it's glorifying the Lord, just do it. I would say be ready for the sanctification that comes your way. Yep. Um, and even as you were saying, like for self exaltation, as people begin to take note less, take less note of what you're doing throughout the course of your serving, um, because it becomes more normal. That's a way that the Lord's tearing down that idol, um, of looking for other people's approval within that. So, um, even within serving for selfish motives, be ready because yeah. I've seen it happen in my own life. The Lord just begins to tear those things down. That's good. Um, and you begin to see heart of service become more out of faith and less out of your own abilities. So um, I guess with that James passage mm-hmm. for someone who reads faith of that works is dead um, and is confused by balancing that with you're saved by grace through faith sure. alone. Like what's, what's the balance here of, of those two? Uh, you said sanctification made me think of the, um, Westminster Catechism or the, the Confession of Faith. And basically it, it says that the principal acts, the principal acts of faith are accepting, receiving and resting upon Christ alone for justification, sanctification and eternal life. Um, and so when we think about like, here's what saving faith does. And so a lot of times when we, th- we talk about the gift of God is faith and we, we can apply it real quickly to justification without, without taking it through the salvific things of like what your sanctification looks like and what your glorification that mm. gets you eternal life looks like. And so sanctification is very much a works thing. Yeah. I, like I, there's something happening in me um, that is a response to like how I'm just going about my day, how I'm seeking the Lord, how I'm living out my faith. All of that is part of my salvation. It's not just God is working behind the scenes with a little chisel as you just go about your sinful life and he's just slowly cleaning things up. He, he allows you to function in your sanctification acts. It's a gift of him. And Mm -hmm. so that's part of like the argument for what role we play in our salvation is how we seek Jesus, how we seek to become more and more like him and be sanctified. And so saving faith does not save because of what it does, but rather it saves by who it's rested in. Okay, so if saving faith involves justification, sanctification, glorification, there's only just a little part of that. And, and so our, our faith isn't just like what is happening, but our faith is saving faith because of who it rests in. Mm-hmm. And so, and so the, the, the tension, the confusion, the challenge there of, of contending with those two verses, I would always go back to, okay, who does your salvation rest in? Mm-hmm. And if it's not you then you then the importance of your works or the pressure to do certain works fades in our life because 
your good works are good because of God. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like the only way that they're good is because of God's working through your good works. Otherwise your righteousness is but filthy rags. Like no, like your good works are rubbish to him outside of him resting his hand upon those. And so pull that, pull that pressure off of you. Because when we say those verses and you go to like, you go to Romans four, like Abraham was justified or if Abraham was justified by works, then he has something to boast about before God. But what does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Uh, that was where his righteousness came from. Um, and so even then, like Abraham had a lot of faith fruit running around, his righteousness was only that, that he, that he believed in God. And then his righteous acts came from that. And so if we want to function the same way that Abraham did, this is what you do. You, you hear the promises of God, you believe the promises of God and you just function in those promises. And so Abraham was okay. There's going to be a promised Messiah. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to see that day, but I'm looking forward to that day. I'm trusting in what God said. Um, and I'm going to see, I'm going to, I'm going to move. I'm going to step. I mean, that's why even in the covenant to Abraham, he, he told him to go. Yeah. There's action in it. Mm. Start walking, bro. Yeah. I just need you to go. Um, and so there's action even in the promise to him that allowed his faith uh, to come alive. And so th- that's the part that you got to hold on to. You're, the, the righteousness in you, the saving faith in you, um, isn't saving faith because what it's doing, but rather the person that it rests in, which is Jesus. That's how it's always been. Scripture clearly emphasizes that over and over again. Um, and so the tension begins to fade when you realize that your works are worthless outside of your relationship with Jesus anyway. Mm. So if you're like, I'm going to be saved by works alone. No, they're filthy. Your works right. are filthy until God's hand rests upon your works, which is the result of your salvation justification part of it, then your works are pointless anyway. Yeah. I kind of think about it like this. Uh, Romans three twenty says for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in the sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. And so again, we've said it over and over again, your, your works cannot save you because your works only reveal how, how sinful you are. And so again, and we have to think about it like this. We, we, we read that verse in James and we say, Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And again, I think we just are misunderstanding faith. We Again, we just think that faith is just this belief mm-hmm. and that works are just these actions. But again, we, we have to go back to what salvation really even means. Mm-hmm. If, if we are saved by grace through faith, then what does each believer have in them? We've got to say the Holy Spirit. And so if, if, if believers have the Holy Spirit, that means that they've trusted in Christ. They've had that, that moment of faith. And the reality is, is again, we, we don't really think that the Spirit is powerful enough to produce righteousness in us. And see, you see, the point that I'm making is, is that if, if the Spirit of God rests in you and has, has brought you to a place of genuine faith, then Jesus guarantees that the same spirit who brought you to the moment of belief will bring you to a moment of righteousness in your actions. You know, that, that's Romans 8. The spirit in you that brought you to belief is going to produce righteous deeds in you. And so I think for, for anyone that's confused with the, what does it mean to have this tension between faith and works, note that the same spirit, again, who brought about faith in you is bringing about works. None of it is your own doing. Yeah. None of it is your own doing. And so again, we have to realize that it's not just that, that I, I have faith in Jesus and now I'm left on my own to do these righteous things. The spirit 
in you is producing the heart to do these righteous things. Because again, you you were dead. Dead people don't want to do right things. Dead people can't do right things. And so we have to recognize that it's it's the spirit's fault. Yeah. As John likes to say. Love that. Blame him for stuff. It's good. It's a good spot to be. Uh, I guess this is just kind of a kind of a curious question for you guys. Do you guys think that, that unbelievers can produce quote unquote good works? That's a lot I think a question that a lot of people have when they go met this unbeliever. Honestly, more kind, more patient, sure. uh, more gracious than ninety nine percent of the believers that I've met. Like can can these unbelievers produce good works or good fruit? Uh, I mean, like, I think unbelievers can do good things. Uh, and I want to, I want to argue from the reverse, maybe, um, the thing that I was talking about, some of the common graces of God are like a conscience that tells you when you're doing good or bad things. And they have that, Mm -hmm. like unbelievers have that in them to know when they've messed up. And, and so the same way that the common graces are medicine, medicine is a common grace available to everybody It brings healing in places. The sunset is a common grace. Um, those things are there. And so there are people, and I think it's just been proven, um, that, that do, um, good things that can be, I, I guess I have to be careful of this word that can be a blessing to other people just by how they are, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and, and how they go about living their life. And I think it's, it, it, that is part of God's common grace to humans that they can treat each other that way. Yeah. Like imagine, imagine if that wasn't true mm. <laughs> and, and we just function in a way that only believers could do good things. <laughs> Yikes. Like, like the, yeah. the metric could be pretty easy at that point. Yeah. Like, are you a jerk or are you not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, oh, you're saved. <laughs> okay. Like now we know. Um, but that also becomes a little bit of a challenge for mm. us if yeah. that's true, because we know people like I love to push the button that mother Teresa's probably in hell. <laughs> There's my hot take for today. <laughs> and people are going to be like, drop. what in the world? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the evidence of a saving faith is not there. Mm. Unbelievable yeah. human, incredibly good works. But the same thing could be said. We used this argument the other day. The same thing could be said if we get to, we get to heaven and Hitler sitting in the corner mm. and we go five seconds before he died, trusted in Jesus for his salvation. Yeah. Are we okay with that? Um, because that drives your doctrine of works at that point yep. um, versus the foundation of salvation. And so, yeah, like in the same way that people can do unbelievably evil things, uh, I believe that people can function in a role that, that they do, they do good things. Yep. Um, and that's just part of God's common grace to this planet. Yeah. I mean, like you said, God's, God's put a conscience in people's heart. We, when we studied Ecclesiastes, it was God put eternity on the hearts of our people. And I think, like even Romans 1, they, um, verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Verse 21, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. And so from the beginning, there's always been this understanding that, hey, there is a creator. And even if they don't have faith in Christ, again, like we... We know examples of this in America. You go to other countries and you're going to see it even more. Like, uh, for instance, China. Some of the nicest people are in the villages of China and they've never heard about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And again, that, that's like he said, common grace. That the heart of God who created these human beings created them with, um, their, I mean, we're all made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we have to understand that because human beings are all made in the image of God, we all have the desire to do what is right. We all have the desire to, to, um, 
be liked and to, to be known and all of these things. And so obviously unbelievers can do, can do good quote unquote works. But I think the separating factor is, is apart from that relationship with Jesus, are those really, are those good works meant to please God? Yeah. Because I think if you were, if you were to ask unbelievers who are super nice people, why, why do you do the good things that they do? A lot of times they either expect good in return or a lot of times it's just, I want to love other people. Yeah. And so again, I think the, the separating factor there has to be that in, a, in the good works of a Christian, the highest form of why do you do this should always be I want to please God. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the dividing line there. That's good. I, I thought of this when this probably won't make sense to like anyone, but uh, when you said that if all unbelievers were just jerks, like evangelism becomes super difficult. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they won't want to talk to you. No, they, they don't talk to me. Like they will just you'll ask them a question they'll ignore you and walk yeah. by. And so I think the fact that there's common grace in that fact that um, people are designed for community, even unbelievers are designed for community. That's uh, just the way that God wired us. And so um, the fact that unbelievers are not just jerks um, most of the time, some of the time, I'll go some of the time um, is a good thing because I think that that helps our evangelism efforts um, that yeah. are powered by the spirit and makes it possible um, to, to have those conversations that can sometimes be, um, out of our, out of our norm or even out of our comfort, comfortability, uh, which is a good thing. So, um, I guess with all this said, um, mm-hmm. it's been great theologically sound. You're going to say something. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You're looking at me. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where do we go from this? Uh, whether it's, it's a believer that's been struggling with this or someone who's doing it really well and like leaving this podcast, what's, what's next, some encouragement, some guidance ready. Set, go. This, this one's hard. Um, because what I don't want you to, to hear, I don't want you to hear what we're not saying, uh, of course, um, that, that your your salvation is a big thing that, that so often we put into like a little box that happened Mm -hmm. at VBS or whatever, whenever your salvation happened, um, salvation is a big deal that includes like your justification that what Jesus did for you, your sanctification, which involves your works. Um, and so your we can see that your works and salvation are, are really deeply connected all throughout scripture. Jesus, when, when we talk about the model prayer that Jesus did, we call it the Lord's prayer, but it's just the model prayer, like forgive others as you've been forgiven. And and he says in Matthew six and Matthew 18, like, if you don't forgive people and I'm not going to forgive you, that's, that's works based at that point. Um, he says, those that practice lawlessness will not enter the kingdom. Uh, only true disciples who follow my teaching will belong to me. Uh, I was thinking about this verse in John chapter five, that this messes with this idea a little bit. Verse 28, do not be amazed at this because the time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and they will come out. Those who have done good things to the resurrection of life and those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of condemnation. Mm. He divides the, the resurrection based off of works. Yeah. Um, and so in that, you have to know that, that our good works are, are part of our salvation. Um, come alive in our sanctification. It's not the starting point. It's not why you're justified. Yeah. Um, and so begin to do the hard work of understanding your salvation and understand the difference between justification and sanctification. But part of your salvation will be good works. It's evidence of, yeah. not cause of, but it's evidence of. Okay. Um, and it echoes all throughout life. And so no, like God is calling you to good works. If God is calling you, he's calling you to good works. Mm. Um, he left you on that, on this planet for those. Mm-hmm. And so, so run after, like pursue those things, do hard work, serve the body, love other people. All of those are, are works 
they're not the foundation of your, mm. the initial parts of your salvation, mm. um, but they will be evidence of said salvation. Yeah. Yeah. The practical just advice and, and encouragement I would give is just Hebrews 10. Um, the section heading for this verse is the full assurance of faith. And so we have verse 19, therefore brothers uh, and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Thank you. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so there's that practical advice of just you're holding to your hope and your faith. And because of that, do good works. Uh, and so my, my encouragement is just, again, do good works because you love God and you trust him. That's, yeah. that's really the simplest way to say it. We do good things because we love God and we trust him. Hmm. Um, and, and the last piece of encouragement I have is just this quote from Charles Spurgeon. Um, this is this might sound way over some people's head, uh, but I want you to just hold on to one word if you can. But the sovereign electing grace of God chooses us to repentance, to faith, a salvation, and afterwards to holiness of living, to Christian service, to zeal, and to devotion. And so just to, to remember again that just as God held you in salvation, it's, it's, it's not going to go away. God is going to preserve you and he's, he's going to produce good works in you. Don't think that you have to do this all by yourself. Christ is with you. His spirit is in you. It's good. That's good. That's good. I was going to drop another verse, but it's been verse heavy. I'm still going to do it. Yay. Uh, Bring it. Romans eleven six. Uh, it says, and if by grace, and it's talking about um, this idea of God preserving the remnant, choosing this remnant. So, and if by grace, and it cannot be based on works, if it were grace would no longer be grace. And so let's, let God's grace drive your faith, which then, as we've been talking about, drives your works. Said works. So that's all we got. We'll be here on Sunday. No, we won't because no, no, we're man, playing kickball on Sunday. Sunday. Night, dude. Come hang out playing kickball. Kickball at, at Veterans, mm. the softball stadiums, home. <laughs> Just kidding. Come May on. the best teams, teams win. win. It'll nice. happen. Produce them good works out there, boys <laughs> and ladies. All right. Bye. Bye, friends. Bye.